Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Empowering the Ummah Yes, sir, people, the time of uh, the evening where you join us on Wasail Al-Alam as Sadika and Alhamdulillah, a program that is called Truthful News. And uh, Alhamdulillah, millions and millions of y'all all respond to the program. And it is a program that uh, on podcast, yes, we are amazed at the hits that we have. And as you know, that the war in Ukraine has thrown in so many different dimensions, uh, so much of propaganda coming through. Some say... Uh, Yes, uh, this is happening. Others are saying that is happening. But uh, yeah, the real thing that is happening in this uh, world is a world of uh, propaganda and deceit. And uh, you know what better way of uh, getting to the nitty gritty of the story by talking to individuals uh, that are directly involved there. And I can give you a little bit of background here where our Ahmed Mansoor Sheikh Imam, when he stood up in parliament, His Excellency, when he stood up in parliament, there he and, and he spoke about Russia and the Ukrainian issue. And he was so eloquent on Russia that it was George Galloway, George Galloway, the well-known, uh, you know, a radio talk show host, a former parliamentarian in, the, in, in Britain. He actually sourced Ahmad Mansoor Sheikh Imam and congratulated him for taking such a vociferous stance. And he said, I simply like you. So Ahmad Mansoor Sheikh Imam, uh, His Excellency Ahmad, uh, Ahmad Mansoor Sheikh Imam, the uh, member of parliament and the leader of the NFP, he got in touch with me and he said, you know, Shafaat, I've got a, a young man here with me and he's, uh, you know, his name is Akov Baskakov and he's, uh, he, you know, he is the counsel of the Consulate General of the Russian Federation in Cape Town. He said, you know what, let us have a conversation on the war in Ukraine and Russia. Can you call it a war? It was something like, you know what, invasion. Yeah, they wanted to invade Russia. This is what, you know, George Galloway and I will tell you. They wanted to uh, threaten Russia. Why? Because they've been backed by those that want to be the one police state of this world, those that want to control and patrol the world, those that want to dupe you with the currency that they hold monopoly of. Over the whole world, they want to sell you their armaments, they want to sell you their food, they want to sell you their oil, they want to sell you this, and they want to dictate to you how you should live live your life. And they soon they'll be charging you for every pint of air that you breathe if you let them be. But uh, let me welcome both His Excellency Ahmad Mansoor Sheikh Imam. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And how are you doing uh, this uh, this evening, Your Excellency Ahmad Mansoor Sheikh Imam? Walaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah. All is well and looking forward to a very eventful and successful broadcast this evening. Absolutely. Having a man of your stature there. And I can guarantee you by the leave of our Lord that it will be a successful one. And Akov Baskakov, uh, good evening to you. And tell me, how are you doing uh, this evening? So I'm fine, actually. <laughs> Yes, and I'm still waiting for, for the questions. For uh, So I would like to present the Russian point of view so of yep. the Ukrainian, of the conflict in Ukraine. Because so I see so that uh, there is a uh, lots of information from Western mass media. Yes, but so actually, so I, yes, I, I really thank uh, Mr. Sheikh Imam uh, for presenting me and uh, so an opportunity. Yes, to yes to have a speech or maybe to yes to answer some questions uh, in in your radio. Yeah, I tell you, Akov, you just be cool, calm, collected. You're going to enjoy yourself, and uh, you know, I know Ahmed very personally, and you know, we're very good friends, and uh, we appear quite often on many media platforms together. So you know, feel free. I'm going to be as a family member. Take us as your family member also. And I'll be referring to His Excellency as Ahmad, and I'll be calling you Akov. Are you comfortable with that, Akov? Yes, I'm fine. Okay, I'm comfortable too. And, uh, well, Ahmad, let's get the ball rolling here. And, uh, you know, Alhamdulillah, there you were in Parliament. You spoke about uh, the uh, Russian-Ukraine uh, uh, events that are taking place, and it has such a, a catastrophic impact on the world that the price of fuel went up, the price of food went up, and uh, you found, uh, you know, uh, polarization taking place. And there you were, Ahmad, making this statement in uh, parliament. And after that, everything unraveled. And then uh, you were invited by Akov and um, 
uh, you know, the the, 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 the the Russians in Cape Town. Talk to me about uh, that meeting, Ahmad. Well, yeah, you know, let me start off by saying that, you know, ever since the collapse of the Soviet Union, and we know the role of the West, particularly the United States and, of course, NATO. And remember, there has been many agreements that have been entered into. Remember that the Russian Republic or Federation needs to protect its own territory. And despite all the agreements that were entered into, Russia finds itself in a situation until they take drastic measures to protect its sovereignty and its people and its country. You know, the Western uh, allies through the NATO uh, will infiltrate the Russian Republic and then Russia will become a thing of the past. And, uh, you know, when the uh, conflict got to a stage when Russia had to act, of course, you had the Western media and everybody were pouncing on Russia. And uh, after extensive research that I have done, I felt it is only fair that we give the public an objective view of what is happening in Russia and Ukraine. And you can see recently, even with Turkey, raising concerns in the territory, particularly with the, some of the new nations that want to join NATO, uh, that NATO themselves accept that there is a risk to Turkey. So then why is there no risk to Russia when you're doing exactly the same thing? And remember that to some extent, the NATO has been expanding to the, towards the east of Russia. And all Russia has been saying, Brother Shepard, is stay away from my Russian borders. Don't come any closer to my eastern borders. That is all they have been saying. Leave me to run my country. Let us live in peace and tranquility. And that is not what the agenda is of the Western world. And uh, if you look at the history and what has been happening, uh, uh, had Russia not taken the stance it did, it was just a matter of time that the NATO would have strengthened themselves at the eastern borders of Russia, which would have made it very, very difficult for Russia. And ultimately, it is clear what they want to is, is, is to override or overpower or reduce the strength of the Russian Federation or Republic. And they do regard Russia as a threat. And as such, someone in this world needs to be able to stand up to the likes of the United States of America so that we can have peace in this world. Right now, there is no peace. There's no security. There's mayhem. There's chaos. There's war. There's civil unrest. And if you look at all these things, Brother Shafat, you will align the whole lot of them to the United States and those associated with the United States of America. So I'm very pleased with the stance of the Russians, first of all, and those that are supporting Russia. And very importantly, if you look at the new development, Brother Shepard, particularly with the BRICS bank, they are asking to expand, to bring more and more countries so that we do not have to depend on the United States dollar, on the World Bank, on the World Economic Forum, on the International Monetary Fund, which is all manipulated by the West. So remember even the creation of the BRICS bank, okay, to some extent had an effect on the Western society and the Western, because they regard this as competition for them. They regard this as an alternative, which is what they don't want. What they want to have absolute control, what they want, absolute control over the world. They want to dictate the currencies. They want to dictate its value. They want to control the oil. They want to control the wheat. Everything that everybody else has, Brother Shafat, is not controlled by those who have it, but controlled by the West. Now, let's look at the issue, and I, I hear you talking about the issue of oil and wheat and things. There's enough wheat all over the world. There's enough oil, even if you're restricting the Russian oil at the moment, there is enough oil. But remember, the price on oil has got nothing to do with the war, as far as I'm concerned, between Russia and Ukraine. 
It's based on supply and demand. So they are asking people to stop producing more oil. You're cutting the supply so the demand goes up and you're increasing the prices. That's what it is all about. And that is what prompted me to say to our government, to the minister, send the ships to Russia and bring in the Russian oil because India is doing it, Brazil is doing it, everybody, let us bring it in. And let us not forget the role that the Russians played in the liberation of South Africa. Had it not been sacrificed, their commitment and, 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 and the role that they played in South Africa during the days of apartheid, we would not be where we are today, Brother Shah. Absolutely, Ahmed, and uh, well put there. And uh, you know, let's get to Akov. And Akov, uh, you know, Ahmed has been very yes. eloquent there. And uh, what is uh, what I'd want to know from you, uh, Akov, is uh, you know, we talk about Ukraine, and we believe uh, there's a uh, uh, there's a sizable number of Russian-speaking Ukrainians. Now, t- tell us about uh, this. Uh, you know, what language do the Ukrainians speak? And you talk about uh, Russian-speaking uh, Ukrainians. What is this all about? You know, it's sometimes it confuses people. We thought that the Ukrainians and the Russians were all one people. Talk to us about that difference, uh, Akov. Oh, so first of all, I would like to I would like to stress that for about half a year, half a year or maybe more, uh, so Russian government uh, so would like to uh, to uh, to have an uh, a true and extensive talks uh, uh, with the West uh, according uh, to the uh, to presenting some guarantees uh, to the Russian Federation uh, not to expand, that NATO uh, will, will not expand uh, this, its boundaries uh, so to the, uh, to the Russian Federation. But unfortunately, instead, in, instead of it, so they, they, they prefer uh, to, to send more instructors, uh, more, uh, more weapons uh, to the Ukraine, uh, more weapons to the Ukraine, uh, then to then to sit uh, then to sit down at the negotiation table. Uh, so as for yes, uh, so um, as for as for Russian-speaking Ukrainians, yes, there is a lot of Ukrainians, uh, Russian-speaking Ukrainians in uh, in Ukraine, and so uh, for uh, for for some of them, uh, it was so it was quite difficult. Yes, for example, to study their own language. Because uh, so uh, you know that so Donetsk, Mariupol, it's uh, normally a Russian-speaking uh, uh, towns, uh, towns and uh, yes regions. So that's why. But uh, U- Ukrainian government pre- uh, prefer not to allow them uh, to speak their own language, to to teach at schools. Even so, that's the, actually so they were they were denied its right to. To study its own uh, its native language, actually, and so, and unfortunately, right now, even uh, so, Ukrainian government uh, prefer not to uh, wage negotiations because we are, because they started to do it, but right now they are like uh, they prefer to listen NATO and uh, US. And uh, to wait for uh, more military equipment and uh, mercenaries and instructors. And of course, I would like to stress that uh, that Ukrainians is a brother nations, is a bro- our brothers of the Russian Federation. We don't wage, wage a war against Ukrainians. You see that so Russian. Uh, we, we don't even uh, just uh, we don't. Uh, uh, deliver airstrikes or airstrikes against uh, residential areas uh, just to uh, j- just against uh, uh, military installations. But so unfortunately, uh, so Ukrainian Ukrainian armed forces prefer uh, to use uh, civilians like a shield. Yes, we can. Uh, yes, uh, you can. You, you can see it in Mariupol or in Azov. Yeah, that's very, very. Uh, and Russian army so uh, do its best uh, to avoid uh, casualties among civilian people. 
Okay, Akaf, you know, we, we, we'll move on from there. As you said, uh, you know, they are these army is among the civilians and uh, they're making it rather difficult uh, for the Russians to get in. But I'm um, you know, getting to the situation and uh, we also look at the pretext of, uh, you know, uh, this uh, allied forces or the so-called NATO forces where they even went for Imran Khan who, when he went to Russia and, you know, started doing deals with Putin about oil and wheat. Uh, within the next week, they replaced him. They took him out of the equation because he was friendly with Putin and Russia. Talk to about uh, that scenario where they uh, find that governments uh, that are not compliant with uh, NATO's wishes of opposing Russia on that Ukrainian grounds, they take you uh-huh. out of the equation, Ahmed. Well, we find ourselves in a similar situation in South Africa as well. There is pressure from many nations, including the United States of America, to condemn Russia. And the South African government has taken a neutral stance. Uh, In fact, I believe the neutral stance is not good enough, given the fact that we know what the West is up to, number one. And number two, let us not forget the role of Russia in the liberation of South Africa itself. So those are two aspects I think we need to be uh, uh, taking into consideration uh, 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 how we act and the statements we make accordingly as far as the uh, Russian-Ukrainian conflict. You know, what we often tend to forget, Brother Shefford, is the the violation of the human rights of fellow Ukrainian people by the Ukrainian government and military itself. And then let us not forget about the biological laboratories that yes, have been found in course. Ukraine, which has been there for many, many years. What was the purpose of that? If they were sincere, Brother Shefford, about an agreement that they were entering into with the Russian Republic was all been asking them to do is to stay away, not to expand to the east of my of the Russian borders. Then what was the purpose? Clearly, all indications are that the expansion of biological laboratories itself in Ukraine means that they had a hidden agenda. And that is why after all negotiations have failed, and you've heard what Ayakov has just said, that, of course, Russia has been attempting to bring them to the negotiating table to discuss the concerns that it is raising. And this is going on, Brother Shepard, from 1990 or 89, and, 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 and they've had no joy. And, and that is why they had to act. Now, on the issue of, remember, wherever you find chaos, mayhem, civil unrest, poverty, disease, the West is involved there, Brother Shafford. Right now, who is benefiting as a result of these high food prices, oil prices, and things like that? There is no shortage of oil in the world, even if you take away the Russian supply at this point, and there isn't. But what they are attempting to do, they want to crush the Russian Republic in terms of their sanctions, you understand? And, and, and it's not working for them to have very large extent. And I think it's frustrating them that with this long-drawn war at the moment, they were hoping to have achieved this a long time ago, and they're not achieving it. So anybody that is associated with Russia at this point in time, or is taking an objective view, or is independent, or in neutral stance, is not good enough for the West. What they want you to collude with them, and to crucify the Russian, which is what we law-abiding nations cannot do. We must not forget where we've come from, where we are, and you know, and, and the role of the different governments in why we are where we are. So I think it is very important to note that even with the stance that South African government has taken, it is not what the United States, the West, will want. Even in the United Nations, you know that we've abstained. This is not what they want. They try to pressure us, pressurize us. And of course, we did not. And we are not going to do that. And rightfully so. Although even internally, we have those that are pushing to support the Ukrainians. And that is what brought me out to be as vocal as I was. Because we need to be objective. We need to get both sides of exactly what is going on. Why is it, Brother Shabbat, nobody is raising concern of the violation of the human rights of the Ukrainian people by the Ukrainian government itself? They've been bombing schools, clinics and everything. And nobody says anything about it. Yes, nobody has even answered, that. what are you doing with these biological laboratories in Ukraine? Mm. Nobody's answering those questions. Why? 
So remember, there's an agenda. Wherever the West is involved, there must be an agenda. And I want to say that if you want peace and tranquility and security, and you want people to thrive in the world, then you need an opposition to the United States and the West. You need an opposition to the World Bank, to the World Economic Forum, to the International Monetary Fund. And BRICS seems to be heading in that direction. And it is now trying to absorb more and more nations, which there are opposition. And the more they do that, the more they're going to be the target of the West. So, uh, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. I'm, I really like, I, I, you know, uh, Akofa, you know, before you come in, I, I've even got a question for you. You in the Cape Town vicinity, I mean, you're getting the feel of South Africans. And uh, before you, uh, you know, comment on what Ahmed said, I want to know from you, what's your feelings about uh, uh, certain uh, South Africans uh, being pro-Ukrainian? And, uh, you know, I, I, I can guarantee you, majority of the South Africans are pro-Russians because we know that uh, uh, when it came liberation time, Russia did a lot for this country and uh, no, a lot of technology. It was uh, the Jacob Zuma government that was very very uh, close to uh, Russia and uh, Putin. And, you know, uh, we, we had a lot of uh, bilateral ties and so forth. Your comments, uh, Ikov? Uh Actually, so Russia stands for multipolar world and for mutually beneficial cooperation between all the countries. All the countries, uh, so that's, uh, so we know, so that's the, there is, so South Africa has uh, very close ties. So, for example, with Eastern, with Eastern Europe, we know we, and, 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 we, and, we, and, and, and we are not going to disrupt uh, these uh, uh, so, uh, relations, but also so, but, but, but so, uh, so every people you know, has, has its right uh, to, uh, to maintain uh, all the relations in, in a peaceful manner with all the countries. As for the, as for the Ukraine, uh, for, for, for the situation in Ukraine, so you know, so that's so uh, not not one uh, many times. So Russian Russian authorities told that they are that they are ready to provide uh, the the export of, uh, of of Ukrainian grain uh, from Ukrainian ports. So, but unfortunately, and and uh, so to to provide this opportunity, but unfortunately. Unfortunately, uh, so uh, the Ukrainian side is not going to demand uh, so the approaches to the to that port. Yes, to the six. And uh, right now, about uh, seventy, about uh, about seventy uh, foreign freight ships is is still uh, in the harbor of of the, of the six uh, ports in the Ukraine. That's so. Uh, so that's uh, so that's the matter because I know uh, that so uh, the uh, food security is, uh, is, 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 is 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 on the agenda of the uh, yes on the international it's, it's one of the uh, urgent issues uh, yes of the international agenda and so Russia from its side is ready to provide uh, uh, so to provide approaches to. Yes, to foreign ships, just just to just to take out uh, the grain uh, from from Ukrainian ports. Yes, so yes, that's so. Uh, yes, I, I call for what uh, what I'd like to do. Perhaps bring Ahmed Mansur Sheikh into the equation here. Ahmed, you know, we talk about Turkey being part of NATO and uh, Turkey. Um, uh, having you know discussions with the uh, Russia well, yeah. with, uh, with, with, with Putin. Actually, yeah, yes. Actually, the Turkey. So I know it's a part of NATO, but it's also uh, pursue its own interests. Uh, despite despite uh, their NATO member their NATO memberships, uh, they prefer to. Uh, to have any contacts, close contacts and negotiations with the Russian side uh, in terms of food security. We know that so on some points of international agenda, we have different views, but nevertheless, uh, so it's much better to negotiate uh, than to remain silent. Uh, while you are remain silent, it's not, uh, it's, it's not a way to, uh, to solve the problem. Actually, it's much better to negotiate and uh, so 
you know, Brother Shafat, if you look at the stance of the Russians, Gee. yes, there is a conflict. Russia is trying to protect its territory. At the same time, Russia is saying there needs to be food security all over the world. Russia is saying, let us not let the world suffer. So Russia is quite willing to continue when it comes to the exports of wheat and grain and oil and whatever it is. And they are saying the Ukrainian ports should be and must be used for it. So Russia is not stopping it, but the Ukrainians do not want to allow it. So in other words, we must understand that the Ukrainians are the cause of the suffering of the Ukrainian people right now and people all over the world, because it's not the Russians that are the problem. Now, what Ukraine is doing, colluding with the West and with NATO and imposing these sanctions. In other words, you know, you, 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 you want to, 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 to bite the bullet by saying, now, hold on. Uh, 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 we don't want Russia to benefit because when there's going to be exports, they're going to get revenue. So as a result of that, we will not allow the Russian exports. And also when, for about fertilizer. And, well. and the fertilizer, exactly the because same thing. So it's, it's also so one, of the, uh, one of the issues because, so you know, some even South Africa use uh, imported fertilizers. Yes, from abroad, actually, especially from Belarus and uh, so from Russia as well, because so uh, mineral fertilizers. So uh, because we are we are one of the main producers in the world, or one of, and so that's so. So you understand right now. Uh, so many ports. Uh, so for example, European ports is closed right now for for Russian ships. Russian ships, yeah. and, and 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 it takes some time. Yes, to deliver. So. And it's uh, actually uh, makes some difficult for deliveries of uh, of uh, fertilizers as well because so. That's you you can see the difficulty, brother Shepard. What is happening is mm. NATO and the West is trying to suffocate Russia by not allowing uh, 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 the free flow of these essential goods uh, to be supplied to the rest of the world. Now, what they're doing is they're doing it in order to spite Russia, but at the same time, all the other nations are suffering as a result of it. Yes, but Russians are quite comfortable that in the Ukrainian ports can also be used. But you can see the difficulty in terms of the sanctions that they want to impose. But when you come to the issue of Turkey, remember, Turkey is a NATO member. But Turkey is also calling for a negotiated settlement in this. Turkey yeah. is not in agreement with everything as far as NATO is concerned. But I think to some extent, NATO is worried about the stance of Turkey. And NATO do know and understand mm. that they cannot just walk all over Turkey. So when Turkey is unhappy about certain things, they're willing to negotiate. They're just not willing to isolate or marginalize Turkey. So they're taking them seriously, which is good because Turkey is speaking to Russia in any event. And, and, and what Turkey is saying is, can we ease the sanctions so that people all over the world, particularly for the purposes of food security, can have access to the fertilizer, to the wheat, to the oil and things like that. So, so, so this is what is going on uh, 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 and making it look like that Russia is the problem. Russia is invading. Russia is causing the problem in the meantime. They don't want to tell you what gave rise to the action that Russia took. Why did Russia do it? Remember, if you're talking from 1990, Brother Shafat, to now, you understand we are talking about 30, 32, 33 years. Why would Russia act 33 years later? It's because they've exhausted all the internal processes. That's why they had to act. Absolutely brilliant there, Ahmad. And I can tell you that uh, if Erdogan is listening to us, he say, Ahmad, is Turkey Turkey, okay, oh, we will tell me it's Turkey, but you know, there was uh, this um, uh, Turkey or the Turkish company uh, with the armaments in the, uh, company that gave three drones uh, to Ukraine as a gift. He said, yeah, you have these drones, you do what you have to do. And what they did is uh, the Russian uh, uh, embassy got in touch with the, yeah, with the, the Turkish embassy and said, but what are you doing? Why are you supplying armaments uh, to uh, uh, Ukraine? And then Erdogan got in and he said, you know what? It's not the policy of uh, Turkey to, uh, you know, sell armaments uh, to Ukraine, but it was a private company that did it. I want to know from Akov, how did, um, uh, you know, Putin respond to this? I mean, using that uh, excuse, 
I mean, it's not our government policy, but certain businesses or certain firms that are manufacturing uh, so, this, they can do what they want to do. Akov? So, so first of all, so I would like to stress uh, that uh, uh, so that that we are stand for negotiations, and even uh, Turkey, they provide uh, a platform for negotiations between us and Ukraine. Yes, but unfortunately, Ukraine will uh, is not. Uh, using uh, this opportunity. He tried to use it, but unfortunately then he even refused to do it. So we provide uh, the Ukrainian side with all necessary documents for consideration, but, 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 but it's still under consideration. We don't, we, we, don't, we don't receive any reply, actually. Okay, the reply you'll get yes, will be maybe, maybe yes. from the media, uh, from yes. the propaganda of the West. Actually, I'm not authorized yes, to discuss uh, so the uh, the Erdogan answer about so the and, and we understand that Turkey is a part of uh, NATO, NATO is a part of NATO. Yes, but still, uh, so we are we are uh, we stands for uh, actually fruitful, uh, mutually beneficial uh, cooperation between our countries between our countries nevertheless. Yeah, mutual. I know what you're talking about, Akov. Yeah, yes, you talk but, about uh, uh, tourism. Yes. A lot actually, of Russians go actually, to Turkey. They, yes. they, they love Turkey. Actually, actually, uh, so Russia and Turkey, uh, yes, have a lot of points for negotiations. Even so, we have some uh, differences, uh, so in views, so. But so it's uh, it's much better to, to, to use any even small opportunity for diplomatic, negotiations diplomatic di for diplomatic means <laughs> diplomatic means and then uh, so we know that so the Bayraktar is a uh, uh, is a uh, is built is built is built in Turkey but nevertheless so, it's, uh, so I, I think I think what Erkov is saying is this, that they have a good relationship with Turkey uh, and Turkey has created a platform for negotiation, which the Ukrainians are either deliberately delaying or showing very little or no interest in it. And yes, it can be a concern. It must be a concern that on the one hand, you're asking for negotiation, but also you're supplying, uh, supplying arms. And that's why Turkey has said it had nothing to do with it, but it was a private company that that. that, that. But remember, it's also governments that are putting in sanctions and stopping it. So Turkey can... Uh, intervene in the matter. But remember, mm. Brother Shafford, that if we want, if we are serious about negotiation, we are serious in finding a peaceful solution, you cannot be bombarding the area with more and more armament and military equipment on the one hand and saying you must negotiate. I mean, they are providing Ukraine with all the military assistance, and then at the same time, you are condemning Russia. But in other words, what are you doing? You are creating a conducive environment for the war to continue, because when you are going to provide your armaments to the to, 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 to Ukraine, are you expecting Russia to sit back and allow Ukraine to come and bomb their territory? No, they can't do that. So what are you doing? You are escalating the war by providing these things. What you should be doing is restricting it and getting to the drawing table and saying, let's sit down. There are representations that have been made by the Russians and the Ukrainians. Let's sit down and see how we can go through these things and how we can address them and reach common ground to prevent any further conflict. But it clearly means that the agenda of the West is not to find a peaceful solution. You know, they want to alienate the Russians and that is what the intention was. And that's why Russia after 33 years or so decided, you know, this is the only route that they can go. So I think, you know, there's a lack of sincerity from the NATO and the West if they want a peaceful solution, then let's enter into dialogue. There is room for us to uh, negotiate and find a peaceful solution. And all Russia is pleading for, stay away from my, do not expand to the east of the Russian borders, do not come closer. That's saying nothing more than that. Yes, uh, Akov, uh, you know, I'm uh, the Jazakallah for that. Uh, uh, when you look at religion, we know that uh, Vladimir Putin is a very religious man. He's very close to the Eastern Orthodox Church. 
And uh, they, I want to know the people of Ukraine, are they, uh, uh, you know, Eastern Orthodox Church? Many in the media are saying, you know, you look at the Western Church or the Bible thumpers, it is the war between uh, the Bible thumping church against the Eastern Orthodox Church. And, and then you have this affinity in Turkey, you have this Hagia Sophia uh, mosque that, uh, you know, that was, I mean, the church that was uh, turned into a mosque. Uh, there's some undercurrents there. But talk to us about, you know, how important a role religion plays in the lives of Russians. And the majority of Russians, what are their views on Ukraine, uh, Hakov? Oh, so actually, so the religion, uh, so actually, uh, Russia is not a religion state, actually. So, uh, but many confessions, it's a multi-confessional uh, country. So with, uh, so it's it's not Christian, not Russian or, or only, lots of Muslims also. And so they have uh, every opportunity to, uh, for, praying for uh, they uh, so they uh, they have all uh, all the people in Russian Federation have have its own uh, right of citizenship uh, despite their religions no I, I, I call for my, no, my, my question is uh, not about uh, you know the different I'm talking about the majority is Eastern Orthodox Church I'm talking oh, about oh. the majority and I'm talking about uh, Putin he yeah. has a lot of uh, you know uh, confidence in the church. He's uh, he's a lot. He's a church-going man and so forth. And uh, you know the Eastern Orthodox Church today, you know Russia's majority, and it seems like you know the, the 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 NATO forces. Most of them is made of the Western Church. You know the Bible-thumping churches and uh, those that are not so religious or not so holy like the Eastern Orthodox Church. And some are perceiving this war or this war as the battle of the two churches. I want your views on that. I'm not uh, disputing that you don't have a majority, but your majority uh, is Eastern Orthodox. Uh, actually, actually, so I, I think that so it's not a kind of religion. But actually, so you know that so uh, for about for eight years in the in the uh, 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 in the uh, in the eastern part. So uh, some of the uh, churches was closed, mm. was closed, and they uh, and the uh, people uh, uh, have not uh, an opportunity to uh, to come uh, to mm. the churches and to the uh, so we know about it, and so there is uh, some even in Ukraine. So there is some um, Orthodox church, but it's 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 uh, it's normally divided from the mm. uh, yes from the Russian Orthodox church. But uh, so I think that so uh, the conflict is not between two churches, yes, but with, but but with the uh, policy, but with the policy uh, pursued uh, by the by the Ukrainian government, actually, not between churches, yes. But sometimes they prefer uh, to close Russian Orthodox Church uh, churches. I mean, uh, so. Yes. In other words, the freedom of religion is is affected in particularly the eastern parts of Russia. Mm. Uh, 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 imposed Russia, uh, but in, in Ukraine, Ukraine, I think parts of uh, Ukraine. Ukraine. Uh, uh, yes, uh, 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 as a result of the the, the 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 conduct of the Ukrainian government. Yes, yes, and and so, so sometimes sometimes priests uh, was pressurized much uh, from the Ukrainian side as well. Yeah. Mm. So, but but I think the question is, generally overall, the people of Russia, what is their view on this war or conflict between Russia and Ukraine, the Russian people? Uh, so I think that most people actually uh, support. So the okay. uh, so the, but also so there is uh, so there is some people that uh, who don't don't support the separation. Uh, so it's it's not it's, it's also it's a matter of fact. Uh, but some of them so sometimes is financed by by the for example by by the west sometimes they use it and you see so, so that there is an information war and so uh, sometimes abroad for example for example in the united states uh, so uh, russian journalists uh, so it's, it's it's very difficult for them to extend visas for example or maybe uh, to open some banking accounts to uh, to do their business, to to mm. yes, to cover uh, 
the information. Actually, it's quite difficult for them, even for Russian diplomats. You know that so it's very difficult uh, so to work in that countries, in the uh, in in European countries and uh, in the United States as well. Right now, it's not very. It's, it's it's not too easy. It's very difficult because of the situation. It shows that the divide and rule policy, you know, the, of 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 the West and their double standards. So there are people in Russia, like in South Africa, that we have people that are funded by the West, and that's why they have a completely different stance to everything that we do here. Uh, and and remember, this is something that they do in most countries to cause chaos, mayhem, and havoc in country. It's exactly the same thing. The majority of the Russians support what is going on, but there will be that handful of people that are funded and paid for to cause division and chaos in those countries by the West, and that and that's basically. But Again, I think uh, what Ekov is saying is that, uh, you know, journalists, particularly the Russian journalists and things, who are in the European countries, in the uh, United States and things like that, you know, they are going through a very difficult time. They are very restricted on what they can report. They're not even allowed to function fully. They don't even allow them yes. access to bank accounts and things like that because, again, remember there's a, a, a propaganda that's going on there. And as we know that the West uses the media because, you know, they captured the media worldwide already. So whenever there is somebody coming up on an objective or independent view or stance, then they suppress you. And this is yes. what they're doing to Something. Russian journalists and diplomats and things in the different countries. In other words, a diplomat in, in, in any other country, like in the European countries or in the America and things, is not free to be able to go out and express like we are doing today expressing the objective view of what's going on. They're not allowed to do yes, these and things. Actually, so one more point, so I would like to stress that so uh, lots of provocation of the Ukrainian side. Mm. Yes, uh, yes. So, for example, uh, so w w when we provide some evidences that, uh, for example, shelling or bombing is executed by the Ukrainian side. Mm. So uh, many, uh, so, uh, so Western mass media maybe uh, uh, prefer, uh, prefer to remain silent on that. Uh, uh, they don't consider any uh, proof that uh, Russian provides of proofs. You, you know that so. But unfortunately, they prefer to remain silent and still to blame Russian army. Yes, for for example, for shelling and bombing. Yes, uh, they. Uh, and also one more side with the prisoners of war. It's it's also one uh, so one of the questions they prefer to remain silent or to avoid to discuss it. For example, you know so that so many Ukrainians uh, yes who uh, yes who uh, that who, who uh, yeah, that he uh, that he surrendered to the Russian armed forces. They they received all necessary conditions. I mean treatment, mm. uh, food, and security, and uh, so that's all. They uh, get treatment in the hospitals. Yes, it's. Uh, also, so for example, uh, so uh, international uh, observers w was allowed to visit uh, to, uh, to visit uh, the centers of uh, of prisoners of war, okay. but unfortunately, uh, so actually, so there is a lot of evidence so that the Russians prisoners of war is even tortured by uh, by the Ukrainian side, uh. actually, and. Uh, so, of course, there is also a lot of mercenaries as well from the uh, Western, from, from Western countries right now. Mm. Yeah, some of them prefer to to leave the Ukraine right now. Yes, some of them is eliminated by the Russian armed forces. Yeah, yeah, Ekov, uh, uh, you know, we, we have about 10, 15 minutes to go, but uh, let's get to the nitty gritty of the whole uh, situation. There was, uh, uh, you know, this invasion taking place, uh, NATO forces coming in, America making a pronouncement, uh, Britain, Germany and all the different Western states said that we're imposing sanctions on Russia. And uh, this was it. Then the uh, sanctions came on. And they said that they were going to sink the ruble, we're going to uh, throttle and strang uh, strangle uh, the Russian economy. But it seems as if, Ikov, that your ruble is still smiling. Uh, gas is still being sold. Oil is being still exported. 
and uh, many other commodities. And it is said now, this is what uh, Putin is alleged to have said, that he's doing better business now than before. Your comments, uh, Iko? Uh, actually, actually, so uh, so it's uh, so I think it's worth uh, mentioning that sen- that sanctions are double-sided. They are not uh, o- they are not only uh, hit Russian economy, but also they present some optic obstacles for Europeans because uh, we have a very very close ties. Uh, so, for example, with the European uh, side, even in uh, so uh, so uh, Austrian cooperates in uh, energy security, for example. So we provide lots of gas and uh, needed, and it's quite difficult for Europeans uh, to replace it. But uh, nevertheless, uh, the, I know, so, so you see that the international situation, for example, uh, when uh, the Western countries would like to impose their will, for example, for India or for China. And uh, so, mm. and so uh, these two countries uh, clearly gave clearly reply to it. That so uh, we are so 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 that we are going to cooperate with it. Nevertheless, uh, so especially so if you are if you are not mistaken, so that so India is is buying Russian oil. But so nevertheless, so they are <laughs> they prefer to buy it from Russia. Yes, because because actually actually Russia for about for thirty years for thirty years even more. Is a very good supplier. It's a very stable and responsible supplier. And uh, uh, because you're so you see that so there was uh, some trouble so with the Ukrainian transit in uh, in the past, in, in, in the past. But nevertheless, so Russian side so uh, so have already come to the table of negotiations and do their best. Yes, uh, to find uh, to find a solution. Uh, which is good for all all parties, for all the sides interested in uh, in, in the solution of this of this one. Of course, so uh, that's uh, that, that's uh, not very uh, easy easy time for Russian. While so while the many supply chains uh, are disrupting, are disrupting. But but actually, so. Now, uh, now, uh, now we are on the way to find uh, a new ways, of, for example, uh, of, of finding new new trade partners, uh, for to maybe to uh, to develop some ties, uh, to develop economical times, not political also, but also economic. It's very important for us. Yes, it's very very so. Also, it's not very easy for Russian economy. So, but 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 we but but we should uh, overcome all the obstacles, actually. So, I think the 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 sanctions that they imposing, wanting to 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 suffocate the Russian Republic or Federation, is having dire consequences for the West as well and for Europe as a whole, because some of them are totally dependent on Russia for gas and things like that. But uh, if you look at uh, India, and I think it's Brazil and things, who've decided that they're going to buy through with the ruble, they're going to uh, get the oil from Russia. And, and it's working for them. And that's why we said in South Africa as well, let's do the same. Let me ask you one question, Brother Shepard. South Africa was not getting oil from Russia before. We were mm. getting our supply from Iran and things. So what is the problem? Why do we have a problem with oil? Why are we paying the ridiculously high prices we are paying? It is because the West is capitalizing on this conflict between Russia and Ukraine. This is what it is about. It's not because there's not enough oil. There is. So you can see exactly where it is coming. But I think it's not working for them because they wanted to suffocate and cripple the Russian Federation through their sanctions and things. And they are, to their surprise, it's not working at this point in time. Yes, Russia might be having some difficulty. You expect that. But what they intended to do is to suffocate Russia to the extent that it will give in. And that is not actually happening because there are many of them are doing what happened in South Africa. If you remember, during the days of apartheid, when sanctions were imposed, some countries 
broke those sanctions, violated them and worked with South Africa, with the South African government. It's exactly the same thing that's happening. India, Brazil and others, particularly the BRICS nations, are working with Russia. And now that Russia is, is, is fully in support of the expansion of BRICS as well, and that relationship with many other nations, I think it, it, it augurs very good and well for the future that you have somebody who's willing for the first time in a very long time willing to take on the West so the West does not have that superpower status that they can do as and what they want to do in the world. Now they're going to have competition. They have people that you've got the BRICS bank, you've got the, the BRICS nations that are standing together. So the United States will now feel threatened, particularly and many of these Western nations, because what it means is they're going to lose that power, that control uh, that they have over the rest. And I think so, so, so. Perhaps, you know, uh, the, 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 the war, the conflict has also opened doors uh, uh, for other nations to come together. And ultimately, they needed to realize uh, that until they come together and, and have a, another alternative or an option to what is happening in the West, uh, the world will never be a peaceful and a secure uh, place, you know. And uh, so I think it's a very, very good thing in a way. Uh, however, you know, uh, like we've always said, you know, the victims in these things are generally the people themselves that have to suffer. But you can see clearly the influence that governments have. And as a result of that ego and that influence that they have our nation and the people have to suffer as a result of them. So uh, 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 I think it is important to note that, uh, you know, the Russians have been left with absolutely no option but to go the route that they chose to go. All negotiations have failed, despite the agreements that they've entered into. Let us not forget the Minsk agreement that they've entered, and many others. Yeah. Ukraine does not want to meet them halfway. They don't want to do that. And, 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 and remember another thing, NATO have, have been absorbing, absorbing all these, these former Soviet Union countries and nations to try and strengthen NATO. Now, what must happen eventually, Brother Shafat, is this, that, that, that these BRICS nations that are all coming together must also have an opposition to NATO so that NATO doesn't exercise its authority and its autocratic style over certain countries. You can see that they're not objective enough. When you are supplying more and more arms when there's a war, you are escalating the war. That is all you are doing. And there'll be more casualties. And they're not interested in that. Um, absolutely uh, spot on there. And, and then, Akov, um, before you know, we end off uh, uh, this evening, we talk about Germany, we talk about Europe, uh, dependent on Russian gas. And many are of the opinion that very soon, very soon, Germany will have to break away from the NATO alliance and tell Russia, please, Russia, please, we need gas. We need gas. Otherwise, we're going to freeze. We're going to freeze. Your thoughts on that, Akov, and perhaps, <laughs> uh, perhaps your, your yeah. parting words, Akov? Actually, so first of all, I have already stressed it, so that Russia has already been a very reliable supplier of gas. Because so, you know, so that the uh, energy cooperation in energy sector, so it's about 60 or 50 years. Even in the, uh, so it starts in the Soviet Union in the 60s. Actually, even uh, so with the uh, Western European countries, ca capitalist countries, in the 60s. And it was uh, so actually um, normal routes. And so, uh, so for, first of all, uh, so Nord Stream, you know, about so, uh, so because so uh, we know, uh, despite some obstacles, uh, so and the and European Union rules, so we're trying to connect it, yes, to, to provide them. Oh, uh, so actually, so Germany, uh, it's a, uh, uh, so it's a country, it's an independent country, it's an independent state, and so uh, so they are they are actually uh, they are free uh, to do what what they want. Actually, it's up to them. Yes, to to, to uh, so to receive maybe a new suppliers or something like this one. So you see that so many uh, uh, so many specialists told that Europe. So is too interested in green technologies, but so green technologies it's also um, 
dependence. Uh, it's it's very dependent upon the weather, upon wind or solar. So in European, but I guess so. But, but I guess it's actually it's a. Uh, so it's the so actually so get and the Europeans European citizens of European countries they get uh, get used to gas. They have it, and they have it by affordable prices. Actually, because so you know that so uh, sometimes uh, so uh, the the countries can provide uh, so so we can provide some discounts if 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 so for, for for cooperation and even to Germany. But so uh, so it's up to them, actually. So uh, they are they are free to find a new maybe source of gas, but but could it be cheap? Or cheaper, so it depends, and and how long will it take? It is also uh, so, but so uh, so we, 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 uh, winter they have every year, and then <laughs> so it's so it's not it's actually so it's not our weapon. So for example, we offer uh, a cooperation in in energy sphere, but so uh, the European countries right now at this stage they prefer to find a new people. Uh, and, and and you may be uh, a new source of uh, energy, uh, so that they can find maybe uh, so I, I don't think in the in the Middle East or maybe from I don't certainly know. Actually, it's 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 up to them. It's up to them because actually they are not that Russia is a reliable supplier. Actually, and despite all the all the maybe traction of uh, so a reliable supplier and there any. We try all our best, and so that's the our maybe so and reputation because so it's a uh, because it's so in the economic relation that we are real reliable suppliers. But uh, the, right now, so they are. It's not our weapon, but so the Germany is an independent state with its own government, and they decide what to do, what that, to find. Uh, I think it's a choice that nations have to make and governments have to make. Do you want to put your ego aside and protect your people and go and get the gas from Russia? And if you don't want to do that, then your your people are going to suffer. It's either you're going to look for an alternative supply or your people have to suffer. Those are the options you have. And if you understand what the West is all about, then I think some of these countries need to know and understand that they need to do what is best for their for their people in their country. And one of the best things is, the, I mean, there is an opportunity that what Russia is saying while this conflict is going on. Number one, there is an opportunity for negotiation. Let's negotiate and find a peaceful solution. Number two, Russia is saying while this conflict is going on, let us not affect the food security all over the world. Let the grain go out. Let the fertilizer, let the gas go out. Let the oil go out. That is what it's saying. It is also saying. We don't want Ukraine to suffer as a whole. Use the Ukrainian ports to do that as well. Should Russia be saying that? No. But they are saying it. Why? Because they have an interest in the people all over the world. They don't want uh, ordinary people all over the world to suffer as a result of food security and insecurity and things. So they've given all these opportunities. There are, you know, even Turkey has intervened in terms of, of the negotiation. So the question is, what is stalling these negotiations that Ukraine is showing so little interest or not accelerating the process of negotiation so that they can be a peaceful? It's because they don't want that peaceful solution. And exactly the same thing goes to, 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 to NATO. You want a peaceful solution, but simultaneously you are flooding these people with arms and things. And, and so what is your intention? You want to, to, to escalate the conflict that is taking on. You should stop all those things and say, can we get to the drawing table? Exactly the same thing with the involvement of the United States and thing. You on the one hand saying, you are, you, you know, there must be a settlement. We need to solve this problem. But by you being in the forefront of ensuring this military aid is going to Ukraine, ensuring that the negotiation is being stalled instead of accelerating those processes, not allowing this grain, gas and things to go through there. What does it simply mean that you've got no intention of ensuring there's a peaceful settlement to the problem so people can go back to their ordinary lives? And that's where the problem is, the hidden agenda of NATO and the West and the Ukrainians. Because if the Ukrainians were sincere enough, all the Russians have been saying for the last 30 some odd years, 
do not expand to the east of the Russian. Do not do that. It's a threat to the Russian. It's a threat to their sovereignty, to the security in their country. But despite saying that, you are coming closer and closer and closer. Well, Ahmed uh, Mansour Sheikh Imam, His Excellency, Member of Parliament, a leader of the NFP, uh, very eloquent indeed. And I must tell you, we run out of time. Jazakallah khaira for your contribution uh, this evening and for setting up uh, this interview. And also to uh, Akov uh, Baska, Baskakov, uh, Council, uh, Consulate General of the Russian Federation in Cape Town. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, to Tobela, thank you very much for brilliant engineering. Keep it locked on to Marcus Sahaba for beautiful programming. From the team and I, till we meet you again, we bid you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.